Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. I'm hot this morning, Alan. Man, we got fans back in the arenas and the stadiums. It's loud. It's fun. The energy's there again. It feels normal again. And then, of course, what it leads to, guys, is what happened. Popcorn. And of all places, Philadelphia. And this is the reality we're, we're with is we welcome the fans back. The energy's back in the stadiums and the arenas. But with it comes always that guy. And it's the one guy. 15,000 people in the building. But it's the one, one guy. guy. Or the one group. Usually I'm sure it's he was a with guy. somebody. Oh, no, there's no doubt. Yeah. But it's always that guy. And when you go to games, I always tell people this. I tell my son this too. It's like you always see who you're with. Who's the guy? There's yeah. always one guy. And you know that is, guy. You, you, you know, know who that. he is. You like identify oh, the guy. Please don't be recognize that guy the guy and don't be the guy. Because if you can't find him, you're probably the guy. And there's always one. And this guy, whatever it was that happened last night in Philly, uh, is one of those things where it reminds us it's great having fans back in the buildings, but this also comes with it. Unfortunately, it's a reality. And, clear, and clearly, the, the the alcohol beverages are flowing, right? I mean, yeah, right. They're cool. back. Usually, full, that's yeah. They full. Or chill, you just pregame going, and you're already you know you're already filled lit up and feeling yeah. good about yourself. But like, these are the the classless, the tasteless, the disrespectful things that sometimes happen to athletes. And by the way, in Philly, it's the second time a fan has been ejected for interacting with Russ. Back in 2016, yep. remember the guy gave double middle fingers talking to mm-hmm. Russ. You had the situation in Utah where the fan that was banned from life. Yeah. That. I'm fine with that. Fine with what? what are you oh, fine the with? double finger and talking crazy to me? I'm cool yeah, with that. The, the, well, double finger. I'm, the Utah situation I'm was not cool. right. The Utah situation, Utah, you would not be cool no, with. No, I'm not cool with the Utah situation. Yes. The Philly in 2016, Jay, I'm good with that. But you're not going to throw popcorn on me like I am an animal in a zoo. You know what Curse I mean? Like, me. I'll be real with you. Well, like, that's what it has. Like, oh, you feel like you it can. It went deeper in Utah, obviously. Obviously, Utah, Utah was very like city incident. He, the, he was using uh, racist terms, racist terms yes. at Russ. Yes. Yeah, that's different, and though. fans called him out. Yes. And that guy got ejected. Yes. But not only ejected, he also got was banned, banned for, for life. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm okay with, with screaming and hollering, and you can call me whatever you want to. As I said yesterday. No, you can't call me I, whatever you want to. No, no outside of the racial outside of the, Yeah, okay. obviously I take yes. that out of the equation. I can call we you a bum. Like, like, uh, not me. But like, I, but, I, know, I said, like, Jay, well, you're a bum. Yeah, like, all that's that. That's just part of it. You yeah, can but, tell me to go... You can tell me to go jump in the river, whatever. How about if I start bringing your family into it? Does that cross the line? It depends on what you're talking about with my family. Well, that's what I'm saying. So not it's not whatever. Well, it's not whatever. You know what I'm saying, I, though, Jay. I, I know, I know, but like regular trash talk, I'm, if you attacking me... Or things that have happened to me, mm-hmm. cool. You start attacking my family because you know people do research these days. People yeah, find but, out about information. Like there are certain lines that sometimes you're like, ah, you're teetering that line. Well, last, yeah, not, last night teetering that line. Last night the, the, the garden the garden fans were chanting about Trey Young and his hair. You know, Trey Young. That's fine. Balding, that's Young's fine. That's I mean, fine. Trey deals with that all the time. I mean, it's like people of, look you don't up think and saw he knows he's balding. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he knows. <laughs> he, knows. That. Yeah. he does. Yeah, but like that's the kind of stuff that. Stop him from dropping thirty on y'all. Right, but you want to see. Like what can I? What can I do? What's going to bother him? What's going to get under his skin? Like that kind of it's stuff. Fine, I don't care about but that. Don't dumping touch th- me and don't throw anything there you go. at me or on me. You can say everything you want to say all day long, but when you decide that you are going to assault me, mm-hmm. because essentially, even though it's popcorn, that that is basically an assault. Basically, okay. Now you get ready to get your ass whooped. Oh, you, you're asking, trying to get up there. You're asking, as I said yesterday on our show, as a young man at the end of the show called in uh, and, and talked about it, and I had to explain to him, mm-hmm. and me and Jay had to explain to him, that's not it. 
let me give context to that call. At the end of the show, we did during caller roulette. We had a caller who said that you should just be focused on your job on the court or on the field, and you shouldn't. It shouldn't matter what people are saying. You should be too so focused on the game and not what people are saying, which is, of course, and this was in of, you're not a robot. And this Robert. is in reference to the Trey Young yes. situation a couple games ago right. at the Madison Square Garden. Right. Jay, you know what I know. Oh, if you touch me, me. Oh, or you hands. throw something at me, hands, I'm going to beat your ass if I get a chance to. Yeah, all, you could take me out where I came from, but you can't take where I came from out of me. right? And it, one of the things I always want to make sure that fans recognize – Ron Ron, Ron Artest, Worldwide Pete, World Meta, whatever you want to call him, mm-hmm. really good friend of mine from yes. Queensbridge. Yes. Okay? And people always go back to this about, you know, that the whole malice in the palace. Just trying to tell you, if you react a certain way, it doesn't mean that players can't react. Like, there are repercussions for your actions. I'm not yes. saying it's the right thing well, to do. I, I felt but I'm like, saying when it I'm happens, sorry. though, Alan, yeah. like for Russ, to, if Russ could have gotten to him, Russ would have gotten got to you. him. It's impulsive, and I don't feel it's fair that players are held to the standard of you should have self-control, but fans aren't, right? That's the thing. It's the players blame. Like Ron, like Ron in that situation, he, didn't, he was laying on the table. It was when the soda was thrown at, him, at him that all he hell reacted. broke loose. Yes. And so it became, well, wow, he reacted the way, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Something was thrown at him, and it made him. It triggered that. And so the, how is that his fault? Well, he should be held to a higher standard. Well, Whatever. It, it, but it, you mentioned Russ. Let's just get to yeah. this part, though. This is Russ. After the game, now, as you mentioned, Jay, you're right. He has had issues in the past with fans, altercations, things that were one time where he actually tried to get into the crowd. He had to be held back as he's leaving the court in Philadelphia. He had a, an ankle injury, uh, and he's leaving the game. He's going through the tunnel, fans all around above, yeah. and somebody drops popcorn uh, from above the tunnel down on top of him, and he, he lost it. He had to hold him back. Four guys had to hold him back from climbing up into the stands. After the game – he talked about the lack of respect. Let me be honest, man, this is getting out of hand, uh, especially for me. The amount of disrespect, the amount of just fans just doing whatever the they want to do. It's just it's out of pocket, man. It's out of pocket, seriously. Like any other setting, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for the fans enjoying the game and having fun. And, you know, it's part of sports. I get it. Uh, but there's certain things that cross the line. Uh, and. Any other setting, I know for a fact that fans and they wouldn't come up. A guy wouldn't come on the street and pour popcorn on my head because he know what happened. A guy wouldn't come up to me and talk mess about my kids and family on the street because the response would be different. In these arenas, you got to start protecting the players, man. Yeah, I, no, he's one hundred percent right, Alan. But protecting the players includes what you're seeing in a lot of these arenas, which is an awning or something above the tunnel. For somehow there solid. was a space yeah. where that fan was allowed to was able to dump that popcorn. And as you watch the video, and we're showing on ESPN two, it is so meditated. It's no accident to that at all. That, he was holding it over, waiting from the walk by, well, pouring just, it on him. The one other thing, and I'm sorry, I just want to make sure we have all the details. The fans around him immediately pointed, pointed him to, to security, him. Yeah. They and he, they took his yes. ass out. And they, and they, and they should. That, watching that video of Russ walking through the tunnel reminds me of when I was with the Carolina Panthers, and I went back to Tampa Bay, and we beat them, and I was walking through the tunnel, and two dudes threw beer on me. It reminds me of that. And guess what I did? I turned around and tried to get up in the stands. And if it wasn't for the security that was sitting there, a bunch of the security and some of our staff, I would have been in the stands, and we would have had what happened in the palace. You don't do it. You don't have the right because you buy a ticket 
to a game to start acting a certain way. Like Jay Will said, we're not animals. The hell you think this is? I get fired up behind it because it pisses me off to see people act like that and think it's okay. And then what happens, Key, is it's funny athletes are held to that standard. Like the athlete shouldn't react to what the fan has done. So I just want to give people insight to how intense it is being an athlete. So I'm asking Keyshawn to go out on the field and to be at high intensity level the whole game, to oh, be yeah. the best of the best, right. right? So then when I'm in that mold, I'm in that mindset, like I, I'm seeing red to compete. Now something like this happens, you want me to turn that switch just off and dismantle that intensity and make a rational decision, a rational choice? I'm not in a rational frame of mind. I'm intense. It, it's hard just even to turn that off. A, even if I was in a rational frame of mind? I, still, I, I like would go Westbrook to an irrational said. frame of mind. Like Westbrook said, you're not going to do that when I'm walking on the streets. I'm not in the game. You see me on the streets, you're not going to all of a sudden throw something at me. Oh, no, I'm going to come up to you. Hey, Keyshawn, can I have your yes. autograph? Or, or, can I take a picture with or you? Or are you going to say nothing? You're going to say nothing. Or are you going to do like the guy did yesterday when we left the studio trying to take a picture from behind? Yeah, yeah. following us out. Following right? us out. Mm-hmm. You're going to do something sneaky. Mm-hmm. I it 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 just it gets on my nerves to see that. Just and I can only know, yeah. imagine, and I'm not a big social media buff, but I can only imagine what people are saying on social media. I can only imagine. It's well articulated by both of you because you both kind of experienced it. There's no doubt about it, and it is something that, like I said, it's always just the few. It's one person out of fifteen thousand. That, that does it, and that one person makes everybody else look bad in the city of Philadelphia, a great sports town. Look what I did. Once again, you know, a, a negative light on their fandom. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Just about this, when you go to games, you know, like that, that can't be the, what's on your mind. It can't be. We're leading You've with seen that it. story. What have you, yeah, what have We're you leading seen? with this story. Well, Instead of talking about how crazy the intensity was last night oh, sure. at MSG or in Utah. And everywhere else. You know what I mean? It's. But that's also part of, as we were returning to normalcy, unfortunately something we didn't have to deal with because there were no fans in a lot of these arenas. This is one of those realities. Coming up, there's a, there is the good part, though, of the fans being back in the stands, and we'll discuss that next. KJZ, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Game one, Trey Young walked out and said it got quiet in here. It did not get quiet tonight. It's tied 1-1. We here in the building in New York City. It was electric. Make no mistake about it. Something special. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. (laughs) 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Made him look bad. So on to the good when it comes to the fans that have been in the buildings as we get larger and the crowds just get bigger and bigger. I'm curious to see what Dallas looks like when that series moves to Dallas, Mavericks and, and Clippers. As we know, the NFL is planning to have full stadiums. Yeah, 28 of them for I the think fall. so far, right, of, of yeah, full uh, stadiums. Yeah. yeah, and again, like you're, you're talking about not just like, you know, some arenas or baseball stadiums hold – you know, 20,000, yeah. 40,000 football stadium. We're talking 80,000 in the building. And, and you got to think that they're projecting based on the science in, in well, where we CDC, are even now. where we are now by the time we get to September. Oh. Kansas City had, what, 15,000? Yeah, that's 16, a fair point. They were already <laughs> there. Yeah. Oh, it's certain, certain, certain <laughs> states like, and cities. Yeah. They like that. Eh. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, Texas, presented by Progressive <laughs> Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn in for Zubin. 888-ESPN, 888-729. Three seven seven six on what we saw in Philly, though, with Russell Westbrook and you know the the ugly side, of course, of having fans back in the building because there's always going to be that guy, that guy, always going to be that guy. But now this was said before any of the things that happened in Philly. This happened. This was uh, Derek Rose, the Knicks guard, who's been in the league a long time, former MVP. He was talking about and before the game last night, before he knew about Russell Westbrook, he was talking more about in reaction to Trey Young. Feeling like you know fans at New York chanting "F Trey Young" before the game yeah, game I'm okay one. With that. And Derrick Rose had a very interesting take about yeah. dealing with fans and and you know the See. negative comments and just how they want to get under your skin. And, and it was an interesting take. That's basketball. Like what when the league got so soft, bro. Like that's basketball, man. Like he come in, he played a, a great game, and the crowd's supposed to do that. His reaction supposed to be that way and it's supposed to amp up and bring the atmosphere the environment to where it is right now and if you want to talk shit, talk shit. It's, it's hard but next game it, it's going to be tougher and the environment is going to create a great um a great atmosphere for some great basketball now again when he's just talking about the trash talk part of it he feels like that's just part of the it, part it, of it, it and some of pe- people are built for it. like some of them it fuels you it, it, it's interesting because it. I was telling Jay during the break we were talking, and I've gone through all you know because I played, so I went through a lot of fans disliking me oh, as yeah. an opponent. Mm-hmm. We played NFC Championship game, and this is interesting because it's Philadelphia. You know, boo, Keyshawn, you suck. Keyshawn sucks. Keyshawn sucks. The whole deal. Go down, methodically drive, capped it off, touchdown, I suck, whatever. We win. We go to the Super Bowl (laughs) the next year. So during that Super Bowl run, I am in the midst of a divorce, and I'm getting divorced. We come back the next year, and it's classic. All I can do do is laugh. I'm in the game, pregame, before the entire Philadelphia Lincoln Stadium, Keyshawn, where's your wife? Where's your wife? All I can do is laugh. I, all I could do is laugh because, to me, that was funny. And I was going to go out there 
and take care of business. They didn't put their hands on me. They didn't throw anything at me. Just went on about our business and laughed and won the game. That's okay. When you start throwing objects Mm -hmm. and acting certain ways, then I have to do something different. Yeah, Yeah, that's when that's obviously the line is crossed with with certain things you could say and obviously anything where you throw something or actually even try to grab a player. See, my thing is I I don't mind – ruthless words being used like I don't I don't mind when people playing in arenas that were packed F-U-J like it's scattered or sprinkled how intense was it college for well, you because college, like, well, college was hated well, so to me last night like Madison Square Garden was like a souped up college it was souped up college environment right intense and I don't mind trash talk I love it it's just when you start saying when I hear F Trey F Trey in a chant from the whole stadium, then I'm like, okay, like, all right. See, I, I don't like. I, it doesn't. I don't it's not going to affect me. Yeah. It's not going to affect my just play. To rattle them. But I'm yeah. just like, I, I hear work. that. But like, when I hear that, I'm like, if my kids watch, I'm like, ah, yeah, well, see, yeah, that's or that's kids, are, or kids are in the stands, like, true. Like, yeah. you suck. I'm like, okay. But like, when these chants start, when everybody in the garden starts saying F Trey, F Trey, I'm like. My kids, I'm like, oh, man. That's when you like, can get, like, a multi-million dollar executive and turn them into, like, you know, just a street rat. There's a point where I'm like, all right, like, this, it too, yeah. it's like, it kind of reminds me of a souped-up college last night. That, that's what that environment reminded me of. Right. Like, what as a player, I'm going to perform. I could care less. But there are certain lines that sometimes. It's just do okay. like Trey, hit 34-footers and quiet that's them it. down. That's or it'd it. be like Nick McMillan, just don't play him the last six minutes of the third quarter and lose your 13-point lead. And you're like, what are you doing? Ooh, he said, play this dude. It was a while. He is giving you buckets. Yeah. Why are you not playing him, Nate? Yeah, that was, and he said after the game that he felt like Trey Young got tired. And Trey Young was like, I don't know if I was getting tired, but thank you, Nate. Yeah, I'm not trying to go back to Atlanta 1-1, trying to go up 2-0. I agree. Let's take some calls. Uh, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Jason in Georgia. Jason, welcome to the show. Good morning, gentlemen. What up, Jay? Just wanted to to comment on what you guys are saying about with, with Westbrook situation. There's always that guy in every situation Every walk of life, they're just cowards and bullies. You do that in the street, <laughs> you're not going to come up to the grocery mm-hmm. store, cut in line, move me with your buggy. That's Jason, not going to fly. Jason, that guy in the street is the guy that's behind everybody, and he'll throw something over those that are in the fight. Right? That's the yeah. guy. He hovers around that's like the, the circle, throws it, and I, what? I it wasn't me. Like those are those guys that do stuff like that. They're never the ones in Back, the front. The backup and be a coward. Yeah, just you know, enjoy that's it. Thank you, Jason. How about that? Just well, enjoy the game. Thanks, right. gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Rex is in Atlantic City. Rex. What's going on? What's going on, fellas? Good morning. Good morning. Look, I, I have a suggestion, right? Okay. For all fans that want to throw stuff, that want to chant stuff to Keyshawn Johnson, that want to say something to Jay Will, I have a suggestion. We allow that fan that wants to do all that, throw stuff on Westbrook, let them get in the ring with that player. Hmm. And let them box it out. I guarantee that fan won't throw nothing else no more. If if that Those was the, think about this, that's interesting. Think about this. If that was the consequence, and you made that clear, okay. like if you said, like it was like, all right, if you throw something at a player, um, you an know, eye for an eye, basically. Like you basically say, like you know, you're going to have to go meet meet him after the game. We're going to bring you down. You're going to talk to him. How quickly is it? Key, I, I, I think you're a great I, I, player. I, 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 I didn't mean it. I, I, I didn't mean really it. Didn't mean it. I think you're great. I Can lost you myself this, in my emotions. Can we get a quick, quick selfie? <laughs> Come on, like you know how that goes. Yeah, nobody's ever gonna. 
want to step into the ring with anybody, but you also, obviously, it's all hypothetical. You'd never want to have that. I had, a, I, I had a guy, literally, when I was with the Bulls, I'll never forget, so we were playing against the Dallas Mavericks, going against Steve Nash and Dirk. And this dude was all talking about my family, talked about my parents, called me all different names. I saw him after the game. He comes over to me. I'm like, oh, you that dude talking to trash the whole game. He's like, yeah, man, I just want to say I'm your biggest fan. Oh, yeah. I'm your big. I'm like, I think you're what great. The, what? what? You just went. You gave me two different directions. Now you're my biggest fan. What the hell? I'm so confused. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's how it usually goes. How it goes. We'll continue with the calls on this. You know what, though? If I'm an NFL coach for one certain team, I might want to throw a book <clears throat> at one of my players after finding out that Mm-mm. one NFL quarterback admitted he didn't know the playbook last year. He didn't know it. I gave it to you. Read it. Aaron we'll Rodgers on line two. After Key has this from Goodyear. Goodyear knows when the season starts heating up, so do the possibilities. Playoff hopefuls are beginning to emerge, and contenders are solidifying their position. From here on out, every game is a chance to create momentum, to make the right pass, the right move, or hit the perfect shot. It takes the momentum to build up to the moment, but it takes everything to capture it. Goodyear, more driven. Football is a team sport, but right now this is a one-on-one battle, and Aaron Rodgers is winning it. Who is actually the biggest loser here? It's Jordan Love. Aaron definitely knows how we feel about him. Hopefully he can get him back in the building at some point. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. So Tua is a lot of things. He's got a lot of physical tools, physical ability, a lot of potential. You heard it there. But we got to give you some straight talk, Bart the Red, straight talk wireless when it comes to Tua and the Dolphins and his first season in the NFL because it was not without some concerns about what he can be as a quarterback. And, in fact, when you hear what he admits here, it does make you concerned about what he's going to be or if he ever will reach the potential that his – physical abilities show you listen to him admitting about what he struggled with the most last season I didn't actually know the like the playbook necessarily 
really, really good. And that's on no one else's fault, you know, but my fault. And they, they, our, our play calls were simple when, when I was in, you know, I didn't have alerts and checks. Um, whereas now, you know, feeling more comfortable, you know, I can kind of maneuver my way, you know, through, through these things now. Well, it's important to know the playbook. He struggled with it his first year, knowing it a lot better now. That's straight talk, by straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Key, when you hear that, is that just, well, that'd be typical of a rookie. It does take a long time to understand a playbook. Or does that, is, is that a red flag for you about him? It's a, it's a little bit of a red flag as a player who's been in multiple playbooks with different teams and different offensive coordinators in and out of those different organizations, um, especially at the quarterback position. It's a little alarming, I would say. Um, sometimes people process information fast, mm-hmm. and sometimes people don't process the information at all, no matter how long you give them. Um, it's alarming because Chan Gailey was the offensive coordinator a year ago, I guess respected around the league, been an offensive coordinator for many, many years, a a lot of quarterbacks, but he also had a veteran uh, in Ryan Fitzpatrick who was supposed to be the guy that is the veteran who teaches you how to understand the playbook, how to study, how to do all of those things. So between those two elder statements, you don't have the ability to process the information, to read coverages, Pre-snap, post-snap. So is that is that an issue of coaching and teaching, or is that just Tua, Tua didn't do enough work? I, I, if, if I'm a betting guy right. and I'm betting, and Tua said a lot of it is on him, those guys did their jobs. That if I'm a betting person, mm-hmm. as a veteran quarterback that's been in the league 16 years or whatever he's been in the league, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick right. and a offensive coordinator in Shane Gailey, I'm thinking that they're probably on the right side and he's probably on the wrong side of things. Okay. But then here's the, here's the twist to this. Two new offensive coordinators are coming in there, dual roles. In Eric Stubblefield, if I'm saying his name correctly, former offensive coordinator in the Denver Broncos who's now uh, with, with uh, George Gosby, uh, they, they're joining forces. So he now has a new system that he has to now learn through OTA's mini camp and training camp before the start of the season. So to me, I, I'm going to be like, hey, are you sure you don't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers? Well, you're always, I mean, that's you're just always, me. You're always going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, you're going to get Aaron Rodgers. Jay, for uh, the young quarterback, let me ask you which is which you'd be more concerned with because you know with young quarterbacks, you pointed it out. It's you have a system, and then they'll they'll bring in another coach. Now you got to learn a whole other system, and you're starting over again. Sam Darnold went through that in New York as, mm-hmm. as one example. Is it is it worse that you couldn't you don't know the playbook, or is it I was just seeing ghosts out there. Like, which one would you be more alarmed with? Well, I mean, I, I'm not as alarmed. I think that we have this expectation that every quarterback has to come in and be special right away, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can go back through the course of time. Troy Aikman wasn't special right away. I'm not saying Tua is going to be Troy Aikman or John Elway wasn't special no, those right are good away. Examples, they, though. Like, yeah. they all struggled in their rookie year, right? Peyton Manning, 28 interceptions. Granted, there was a lot more upside to Peyton Manning. I'm not saying comparing Peyton Manning and Tua. All I'm saying is I don't know context to a lot of all this stuff. Ryan Fitzpatrick was also starting. I don't know what that environment was like. As a starter, you don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick is competitive and wants – and he was balling out. 
You don't think – I don't know if Ryan Fitzpatrick was like, hey, Tua, let me come over here and show you all the checkdowns and the alerts. Right. I don't know about that relationship right then and there. So, you know, once again, we want players to tell us what their growth process is, but then when they do, we destroy them for it. And we say, this is a huge alert. Mm-hmm. Like, for all I know, when I talk to people inside the Miami Dolphins organization, they say they like the way he's progressing and they like the work that he's putting in and they're seeing that evolution. Well, we flip you, it towards Aaron Rodgers, as you mentioned, because they, the, the Dolphins would be – a team that you would think if he's available yes. in a trade, you've got a lot of assets, yes. right? Greer, had, he's put together a lot of assets. You could essentially, they are one of those teams hypothetically that would be a team that you could make the, the deal with. Now, I, you got I was going to say, no, I was going to say, I've never seen a player have success long-term when they say they don't know the playbook. I've never seen it. Yeah, I've but he never, said he didn't know the playbook last year. He said he feels way more comfortable this year. I, but I'm just telling you, Jay, from my experience, I've never seen a player who didn't know the playbook have success. Mm-hmm. It just it, if when but, you have bad study habits and you don't know the playbook, the playbook but, is not that complicated. But we don't know he has bad study habits, Key. He was coming off an injury. There well, are a lot of different things more going than anything. on. How much does I, I, he I retain it? Yeah, but uh, it's, 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 but it's also, retaining the information, being able to process the information, being able to understand your pre-snap, post-snap reads, because it changes. It's like learning another language, right? It, it, it is, but it doesn't – if you're not comfortable – it's one thing when you're not comfortable and you, don't, you, you tell your coaches, hey – I'm not comfortable with this. Mm-hmm. So then what they do is they dummy it down for you so you can be comfortable. They split the field in half. So you have half field reads. You don't have to read the entire field. So you can have success. Again, you got two veterans, an offensive coordinator, and a quarterback coach essentially and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And whether Fitzy is starting or not, when you're in this room, you're in a small room with about four or five people. Quarterback coach, offense coordinator, and three or four quarterbacks. And everybody's on the board, and everybody's watching film. And, and Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't have to tell him, hey, Tua, you do this or that. He can hear the coaches telling Ryan Fitzpatrick what the situation is. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm sitting there, and I'm in a room with you, Jay, and you say backdoor screen, okay, I need to do this to be able to, to pass it, I don't need you to tell me that yeah. because I'm sitting in the rocket seat. Don't be too inside football right now. I don't know what backdoor stops, but that is, but that is also like again, it's like osmosis. You're in the room, you're you're, you're listening to the conversation. You can yeah, learn just agreed. by being around it, yeah. and may, maybe he was struggling with it. But you know, let me and just, now you got a new two new offensive coordinators. Yeah, that's the other problem is you you know these a lot of young quarterbacks have to go through a bunch of coordinators. You're constantly relearning a different language, and that's part of the problem. But but mm-hmm. speaking of Aaron Rodgers, like you mentioned, uh, as the Dolphins, would they look at this and think, I don't know, is Tua really the guy going forward? But Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback who was taken 23 spots ahead of him in the 2005 draft, it's Alex Smith, he was on the herd with Colin Cowherd on FS1, and he said this about what's going on with Rodgers and the Packers and that whole situation. It's inexcusable. It's absolutely (laughs) inexcusable, I think. What do you mean? How they ever got to this point. I mean, Aaron's been there 16 years. It's about the people. And it is, and Aaron's been there that long, and I don't think it was the fact that they drafted Jordan Love in the first round. I mean, I think it's the fact that you just – how do you have a guy like Aaron and you don't go make sure beforehand you aren't going out of your way to make sure that he knows that he's loved, that they want him there, that we may be taking a quarterback in the first round. We want to make sure you're okay with it. Think about that. 
that he said that mo- several times. He said that, that 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 the Chiefs came to him and let him know this is what we're doing. You're our guy right now, but we got a chance to get this quarterback. We think a lot of them. We're going to draft him. Alex Smith said he was kept in the loop, and clearly Rodgers never was hmm. with the Packers. And you hear Alex Smith say it. Now, again, they're not the same quarterbacks. Alex Smith wasn't an original draft pick of the Chiefs. It's a completely different – they are different, but still it's similar. And I, I find it interesting. We talked to Matt Shaw the other day. Like, I find it interesting what quarterbacks are saying about what, they're, what they see is happening in Green Bay and why Rodgers is not happening. Key, that's why I feel like you, you can't let Aaron Rodgers go. Like you, you, you have to find – that's why I said you have to fire – the GM. That's not going to happen. I, I hear you're saying that, but all I'm saying is if you do not fire Brian Gutekunst, right, mm-hmm. then that, that I got it. Yes. I got well it. Well done. That sets the tone for how other quarterbacks who are elite will view your franchise moving forward. I mean, you had the Brett Favre situation. Fine. That happened. You were able to get Aaron Rodgers. But, like, it, this is a new day and age where players want to be a part of organizations that communicate to them. So if this precedent is set this way, this affects Jordan Love, whoever the next quarterback is for you. Well, it's well, a trickle down effect. Alex Smith experience was way different because look who's running the Kansas City Chiefs. Big Red yeah. is running the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs and Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid's communication is different. I mean, you know, here's a guy who went against the Philadelphia Eagle fans and drafted Donovan McNabb. I mean, it's it's a totally he's just it, it's totally different. So his communication is Hey, Alex, this is what I want you to do. I got another year with you or two. I'm going to draft this kid out of Texas Tech. He's going to sit behind you. Don't worry, blah, blah, blah. Communicate. If had they communicated with him, we probably wouldn't be in a situation, but they didn't. And because they didn't, for whatever reasons, ego or whatever the case is, it's where it is now, and Aaron Rodgers wants out, and they're not going to fire the general manager. They're just not going to do it. Mm. Now, I know you're saying that, but I also look at it as if you're if you're BG and you're you're going to Aaron Rodgers saying, oh, "I'm sorry, I screwed up. It won't happen again." But you, you're never going to believe it. But never. There's no there's no healing the wound Please. with both of them there, right? That that's. Please, I'm sorry. But it is interesting. I found it interesting what, what Alex Smith said. And on that point, let's bring in Diana Rossini, our ESPN NFL reporter, Here's joining a ring, us. A big ring on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Diana. Um, what did you think of Alex Smith being very forthright about? His criticism and comparing his situation with Kansas City to Aaron Rodgers and why he's upset with the Packers. Yeah, good morning, guys. Uh, I feel like every day we have a new layer to to the Green Bay saga here as we see Aaron Rodgers posting more and more photos on social media to really fuel the fire um, as we're all trying to probably read the tea leaves. We know Matt LaFleur was tuning into Kenny Mayne the other night himself just to hear what his quarterback has to say because that's where the communication's at, guys. We're at a point right now where there, there isn't much. There isn't much. The relationship has not changed at all from the people I've spoken to. And I think we can all read the body language and hear the words of their head coach. And it's it's as desperate, I think, as it's been, and, and, and it will be. It's going to continue to be that way. Um, you know, but I, I'm with Key on this. The Green Bay Packers are in a really tough spot. The whole situation is a lot different than I think if this was any other team, right? Let's just begin with the fact that they don't have an owner. Anytime we've seen a player try to get out of, uh, get out of a, a contract or to leave a team, usually – 
when they want to get out, they start going after the owner, right? They start taking shots at their family. They start doing all those, all those things to just cause a stir and make it personal. There's no owner to go after now, right? Then you got Matt LaFleur, who, you know, Aaron made it pretty clear. He loves the head coach, right? He, he named every person in that interview that he loves except the front office, but the front office are the front office is the group that hired Matt Lafleur, right? So Matt Lafleur can't go in there and say, uh, "Yeah, so uh, you need to go." He doesn't have that juice. He doesn't have that power. He was brought in by them, so everyone is stuck in just a really hard spot right now until they can figure out what it is that Aaron needs. And I think they know what it is. And at this point, it's not repairable. Diana, should 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 Mark Murphy decide to say, you know what, I, I I'm going with Aaron and I'm getting ready. You you you've got to take another position in the organization at this point in time, Brian. This is just we need our quarterback. Should he do that? I don't. I don't think he should do it. I think it, it, it's going to completely ruin the power structure that they have in place there. And it, it is going to give Aaron all of it. it. It, you know, this goes back. It actually reminded me, uh, key, we talked about this together last summer when Brady was a free agent. And I was reporting that he wanted control over the roster and everyone went nuts over that. Um, remember it was like, how could you, you can't do that once you, you know, once you start that, that everyone's going to want to do, and we know the domino effect of what, what that could result in. Um, and then it turned out that they came to a pretty good agreement in Tampa where Brady actually has a lot of say (laughs) and and, and it's worked because Bruce, Bruce is the right personality for that. Uh, but the control thing, it does remind me of the control. If, if you lose all of it. Uh, you're going to have more problems. And look, I know a lot of people aren't saying this, guys, but I, I do want to take another view of this. Um, the Packers have a little leverage here. And, and the, the, this is the leverage. The, look, they're not going to – they're, they're going to lose the, the, the MVP, the league MVP. They're going to lose them, and, and, it's, and it's, it stinks for them. But trading him now does nothing for him. Let him choose to sit out. Get Use the time – to do more homework on the teams that are interested, get the trade value up, and get work and do more work on the potential future draft picks that you'd be trading for. If Aaron wants to sit, he's got 50-something million dollars on the line. If that's what he chooses to do, that's what he chooses to do. Because either way, guys, at the end of the day, the Green Bay Packers don't have Aaron Rodgers. If they trade him or if he sits out, he's not there. So they should do what's best for the organization. Um, this is just, I think, another perspective that that's actually somebody in football shared with me was like, look, this is the way other GMs have kind of seen this. Um, as everyone, I think, is applying it to their own team of what would we do? That is probably one of my fun, my, my most entertaining conversations right now is what would I do? Diana, you know, you bring up the Tom Brady situation and granted Bruce Arians in their front office made it work with Tom, but they acquiesced to a degree. Why does it have to be so absolute? Why does it have to be like, well, you give, then you give Aaron <laughs> Rodgers all the power. Like, how come there, there can't be yeah. middle ground where you give him a lot of power, but we've also seen what quarterbacks who get a lot of power can achieve if you're looking at Tom Brady model. Yeah, if it works, it looks like there could be a great balance of it, right? But 
I, you know, sometimes I re- not sometimes, but I've reflected on a lot of the gripes that that Aaron has had. And you take a look at their record over the last few years. This isn't a front office that is that is made a lot of mistakes. They've done really well. They've had winning seasons. They've gone thirteen and three uh, the the last few seasons when when they weren't winning for a while there. So. It's hard to criticize the collective decision-making of this front office over the last few seasons, despite maybe some of the wide receiver stuff that we could talk, we could talk about another time. Um, but I just feel like Aaron has had issues, whether it's the contract, whether it's the receivers. whether And then the timing of it all. This all comes out when he hears a West Coast team like the Niners, where he could possibly get a new deal. Um then then this is the time when he pushes it forward. I just think all of it seems um it could it seems a little out of control actually as as it's obvious he he's just choosing himself. He said he he's he told Kenny Maine, I love the people. I love um you know the fans. I love my head coach. I don't know, Jay. You've been in love before. That's just a, a weird way to show love to a team if you ask me. Yeah, his his answers, Diana, were felt like they were loaded. Like it was very politically. He was a politician. Like when he was talking about character and you know uh, all that stuff yeah. that he was saying about the organization, it really felt like a politician at, at the podium. But uh, speaking of podiums, I want you to listen to Frank Reich, who was at a presser yesterday, and it seems like this is the consistent message coming out of Colts OTAs about Carson Wentz and how. Everything's just great. It's all going great with Carson Wentz. Take a listen here. Humble pie doesn't taste good, but it's good for you. And so it's a chance for him to acknowledge that I got to hit the reset button. I got a, I got a fresh start here, and his attitude couldn't be better. They are almost, Diana, on a daily basis reminding us or letting us know <laughs> everything's great with Carson. He's in such a better place now that he's no longer in Philadelphia. Do we need this constant update with him, and are we expecting to have it until the season starts? Get used to it, baby. Mm-hmm. It's coming every day for the next two months. This is all formulaic. It's all purposed. Because, listen, right before – Carson uh, was traded to Indy. The the talk around the league was if you could just get him back mentally, build that confidence up, and there's only one guy who can do it, and it, Frank Reich speaks his language, and that's why that had worked, and that's why this is this has potential to work. So the Colts are doing everything they can to make sure every headline is positive, and they're just doing anything that you would do to just build up somebody who may be mentally weak right now, mentally beat up, bruised. If they can just get Carson back to feeling himself again, they may be able to get the 2017 Carson. I think it's a stretch, but it could happen. A.J. Brown's been recruiting Julio Jones to the Tennessee <laughs> Titans. Could this actually happen? These guys are so good on TikTok. I, I I don't know if you if you guys are into it, but um, I'm starting a, an account soon actually because I, I'm at this point now where I'm like, all right, I'm just so late on this. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, watch out for that. Uh, yeah. No, you don't want to see any of it. Uh, look, 
the Titans players, they, they love doing it. Every team's players love doing this. They love hopping in on it. I've been told that the Titans have had conversations with Atlanta. Atlanta has taken calls from a lot of different teams. But in terms of a re- realistically happening, a source shared with me, it, it, pro- it most likely will not happen with the Tennessee Titans. It always could. But at this point right now, the Tennessee Titans, I would not consider to be a lead uh, contender in, in, in landing Julio Jones after that June 1 date. Diana, thanks so much. A lot of a lot of good stuff out of today's conversation. Enjoy the rest of your day. Ah, thanks, guys. Happy Memorial Day. I'll see you guys next week. All righty, Diana Rossini on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. KJZ presented by Progressive Insurance. Another star might be doing some recruiting. We'll discuss that next. KJZ, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app.